Welcome to Passionate and Prosperous, the only podcast about creating success in your life and business by using your voice, gifts, and skills to do the work that lights you up, make money, and have massive impact in the world. This show teaches coaches, creatives, and service-oriented human beings how to trust in yourself and leverage your unique message, experience, and expertise to attract your ideal audience, create clients, and organically build your soul-aligned business. I'm your host, mindset and business strategy coach, Stacey Brass Russell, and I can't wait to help you to set yourself up for success and use your passion to create the prosperous life and business that you truly desire. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Passionate and Prosperous. We are going to get into it in just a moment, but I want to remind you that Rock Your Fourth Quarter, our very first Passionate and Prosperous live training of the season is happening on Friday, September 16th. Rock Your Fourth Quarter is going to be an incredible opportunity for you to spend two hours with me where I am going to take you through the exact five steps that you can take every single day to create clients and make money now in your coaching, creative, wellness, or service-based business. Plus, I'm going to be sharing with you the number one thing to focus on if you want to have the biggest shift in your business. You can go to www.stacybrassrussell.com. There's an events tab there. Go there, click that, and sign up now. This is happening on Zoom. If you can't make it live, there will be a replay. But my trainings are so engaging, high vibe, and very interactive. So I highly recommend that you sign up Mark your calendar, make your best effort to be there so that you'll get the most out of being with me. You can ask me questions and we're going to actually be doing some work while we're there in the training. So that's rock your fourth quarter so that you can end 2022 on a high, making results, getting outcomes, and essentially doing what we're here to do on the show, make money doing what you love. I will see you there. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Passionate and Prosperous. So as always, I am super jazzed about our topic today, which is self-care. So I think you know that I love to craft episodes out of these big umbrella phrases that can mean so many things and sound really generic when we hear them being used out there in the world. And To me, self-care is one of them. (laughs) So there were a few things that started coming up for me as I was thinking about making this episode. And of course, I'm going to tell you what they are in a moment. But before I do, I just want to make sure that I take a tiny little moment to remind you that we are gathering together for the very first Passionate and Prosperous Live, which is happening in New York City on Friday and Saturday, November 11th and 12th. 2022, and it is going to be amazing. Now, I think you know I record these episodes a couple of weeks out. So by the time this is airing or that you're going to be able to hear this, I bet you that our sign-up sheet is already ready, that the registration is open. So I would just like for you to go to my website, www.stacybrassrussell.com, and 
check it out and register. I'm sure it's going to be there by now. And you can always check for these links and anything that I say about signing up or going anywhere in the show notes. So with that, we're going to get back to the topic of the day, which is self-care. So you know, or maybe you don't know, I follow a lot of coaches on social media and I get a lot of emails. I'm on people's email lists. Why? Because I, first of all, like to see what people are putting out into the world. Um, I'm on people's email lists that I enjoy getting their emails and I read them. And therefore, I see so many emails and posts, <laughs> right, about self-care, about self-care for entrepreneurs and about self-care for pretty much everyone in the world. Because if you're a coach, self-care is a really big part of like what you teach. It's what you talk about. It's what you preach, right? And it's what we really know is very important for our clients, right? And one of the things that I have started picking up on and noticing, and you know, I'm just going to tell you that I think as I was really thinking about this episode, one of the reasons why I I haven't done an episode on self-care, although I think whenever I talk about all of the mindset and practices and everything, I do think it's self-care, but I'm talking more particularly right now about when self-care is positioned or messaged, okay, as being something that you do outside of or instead of your business. It's almost like when you hear people talking to entrepreneurs or speaking to entrepreneurs specifically, um, you know, about self-care for entrepreneurs, um, to me, and I, you know, I, it doesn't have to necessarily sound this way to you, but to me, oftentimes it sounds like like business and self-care are enemies and that they don't like each other. So it's kind of like you're either working really hard in your business and getting burnt out or you're practicing self-care. And there's this this thing that's positioned around the idea that if you're really practicing self-care, you're working less. Or that self-care, you know, involves activities that don't have anything to do with your business. Like they're the things that you do that don't have to do with your business. Or it's often like self-care is positioned as something that when in order to make time for it, you're going to have to like feel like you're making time for it. Now, I know that there are some self-care activities that definitely require carving out time and that are that don't involve your business. Like, I'm not crazy. <laughs> like, I know that. But I really do. I'm really a little bit fascinated right now with this idea that I think that a lot of times when when people hear or use the term, the generic term self-care, that it really feels like it's oppositional or that it's something that you're doing if you're not working. And I actually think that it's not the whole story. And one of the reasons, well, that's that's one thing we're going to talk about. And then another reason why I really wanted to create this episode is because so many of you are health and life coaches and wellness practitioners and energy workers and yoga teachers. And, you know, I know who you passionate and prosperous people are and you're all the helpers and the, the, the people that are out there wanting to help other people live their best lives and have more success. And one of the major ways that you do that, one of the major ways that you do help your clients and your students is that you help them with self-care. You teach them how to do the things that we put in the category of self-care. You help them to make time for it. And most importantly, your message is often around the importance of this, how important it is to practice self-care. 
So when you really think about it, that is what all health and life coaches and wellness practitioners uh, of any kind do, right? We help people care for themselves. And yet, not everyone needs the same type of self-care. Why? Because the obstacles to caring for oneself are different for every individual, depending on their circumstances, their external circumstances, who they are, right? And that is actually what niche is. So I want you to take that in for a moment, right? Because if what all of us do is essentially the same thing, we help people to care for themselves. That is what we do on a fundamental level. It's what I do, even though I, I, I'm, I'm also helping you have a business. I'm helping you to create clients and make money. But it would be crazy if I tried to teach you that or coach you on that without acknowledging the fact that how you care for yourself as a human being wasn't a huge part of that. How could you execute on and do all of these really, really important things, these big things that you need to be doing in your business? How could you do those things if you were in poor, you know, I'm not them saying you can't, you have to be in perfect health all the time. But, but what I'm saying is if you didn't know how to care for yourself, if you didn't know how to care for your physical well-being, what would be the good of you knowing how to do all of these activities and these things in your business? Because especially when you're an entrepreneur, although I think in today's episode, I'm really going to go further and say this is not only about being an entrepreneur, this is simply about being a human being, that in order to be, do, or have, which you've heard me talk about, any of the things, in order to be who you want to be, to do the things you want to do, or to have the things that you want to have, you need to know how to care for yourself. You need to know how to take care, take care of yourself. And when you are helping your clients, I think you know on like a deep level that when you're introducing the concept of self-care to them, you're not just teaching them a couple of fun activities like take a bath or sniff some essential oils or, you know, like get a massage or take a walk in nature, but that like what you ultimately are really helping them to do is to become a human being who, who takes care of themselves. So today we're going to do a little bit of a deep dive into what self-care really is and are we doing our, ourselves or our clients any favors if we position self-care as something that is either like an antidote to working hard or, or having a business or just like living your life or can we actually embrace the idea that true self-care is really about knowing exactly how to care for yourself in a way that supports you being able to be who you want to be, do what you want to do, and have what you want to have. Even if, now I'm coming back to the entrepreneurship part, even if what you want to do in that equation, the be, do, have, is work as hard as you want in order to get the outcomes that you want for your life and business. And to feel amazing, balanced, and self-cared for while you do it. So I think that what really inspired this episode today, and you've heard me talk about this very often, is 
one of the messages that 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 drives me a little bit crazy out there in the world because I think that like it it makes you think that working hard is a stigma or bad. There's a message out there that is like if you work really hard, you're not doing things the right way, and that you should be able to um, not have to work hard and still get the outcomes that you want. And I know that for me, that's entirely not true. I know that the kinds of goals that I have for myself and my business and my life require that I work really hard. It demands that I work really hard and a lot. But I don't see that as a bad thing. And you've heard me talk about this. Like, I don't think it's bad that the level of things that I want to create in my business and in my life require a tremendous amount of investment of my time and energy. That to me is working hard, <laughs> right? It's like, it's like working hard or, or you know, or, or is it to me has to do with how much input we, we put into something, right? It's, I'm not saying hard doesn't mean um, that it's hard to do always, although sometimes some things feel a little hard to do. But what I'm talking about when I'm using the term working hard is I'm talking about working a lot, <laughs> working a lot, you know, like investing a lot of time and energy. And as you know, I always say that our three commodities that we have to invest are time, energy and money, right? So money too. But in this case, in the, in the episode about self-care, we're talking time and energy, and I think that often um, there's this message out there that kind of implies that, like, that, that if you were balanced and practicing self-care, you wouldn't be investing as much time and energy into your business. And I just don't agree with that. I don't think that, there, that it's an either or. I don't think that it's either you, 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 you practice self-care and take care of yourself or you work hard. And, you know, and I say it that way so that because I'm like, or you work really hard, like as if that's like a really bad thing. And so it is a little funny to me that there's a lot of messaging out there in the world that's really appealing to. And look, it could be appealing to you, too. You could be one of these people. And and that's OK. I, I, I'm not criticizing you. I, I you know, like I'm not saying that you don't have to. You might be someone who desires to work less or work less hard. And I have literally no qualms with that at all. I think it's really important to make sure that that there's no such thing as anyone thinking that what they want to do in order to create what they want to have can be good or bad in anyone's eyes but your own. No one else can can or has the right to make you think that if you work a lot, and invest a lot of time and energy into into either your business or anything else. Your family, your hobbies, the shit you like to do, your life, your house, like whatever. Nobody can tell you what the right or wrong balance is of how much time and energy you invest in anything that you want to if you are able to make that investment, those investments, in a way that feels to you that you are doing what you have to do, which is practice caring for your human body and mind. 
So if you are experiencing something in your life or business where caring for your body and mind is being sacrificed and you're not doing it, that is a concern because what that means is that you're not doing the fundamental thing that all human beings need to do, which is to care for their body and mind. But the way that each one of us cares for our body and mind is going to look different. And because someone works hard or makes choices to invest a lot of time or energy into any one thing is not the opposite of self-care. The goal is to know how one can do all the things that they want to do in order to have all the things that they want to have by being exactly who they need to be in order to do that. And even some of the do's and the be do have is the is the self-care stuff, right? So, you know, I'm someone who who does want to invest a lot of time and energy, as I've said, into my business, right? And and I'm not upset about it. And I actually do feel that I have a pretty, pretty high level self-care game. And you've heard me talk before about how I work on the weekends sometimes, <laughs> that often. Um, I put in really long days in my business. Um, I and I and I create a lot of um, deadlines. And and I'm not going to say I put pressure on myself like that. I do it because like I think that I'm not good enough or anything. But like I create a lot of stuff on my calendar, right, so that I can do a lot of important things and big things and reach more people and have greater impact, right? And why do I do all of that? Because I unapologetically want a lot of things. And I'm and like I just said, I'm unapologetic about it. I'm I'm not I'm not going to shame myself or feel anything about the fact that a I want to reach a lot of people right? I believe it's my mission. It's in my DNA. I think it's why I started out as a performer when I was a little girl. Everything about who I am has always been putting myself in front of people so that I can inspire them and have impact and and entertain and make people feel good and give people an experience and help them to have some sort of emotional experience. This is like clearly who I meant to be in the world. And therefore, I want to do it. And And it's dependent on me reaching lots of people. So I want to have major impact in the world, right? Number two, I want to make a lot of money. I just do. Like, I'm not not embarrassed to tell you that. And there's numerous reasons why I want to make a lot of money. But I'll tell you one thing, which you've heard me talk about, which is that, like, you know, my husband and I put ourselves into tremendous debt, uh, to do many years of fertility treatments. So that's one thing. We're actually still servicing that debt and paying that off. Um, Number two, I have expensive taste. (laughs) I like nice things. I like to go do nice things. I like to eat nice food. I like to, you know, uh, drink nice wine, whatever. Um, I've, sometimes I say, look, look, I have expensive taste. Like that's, again, that's who I am. It's what, it's what I do for enjoyment. It's what gives me pleasure. And another reason why I want to make a lot of money is because until I was in my fifties and started this business, my own business, I wasn't, um, 
you know, making uh, significant money. And I was creating debt because I was making choices in my life for things that were important to me. And therefore, I have no retirement plan. Like, my husband and I are right now, like, getting ourselves into a um, out-of-debt situation so that we can start doing what we need to do to make ourselves comfortable for, the, you know, for our future. And we're in our 50s, right? So, Everybody has reasons why they want to do what they want to do. And so the most important thing that we have to recognize is that self-care is not, um, it's not an either or. It's not something that someone has to do only if they're willing to stop working hard at what they want or going for what they want or being ambitious or having major goals or, um, you know, doing big things that may create um, a lot of whatever. Sometimes things feel stressful or sometimes things feel, you know, like like a lot. You've heard me talk about the squeeze. I'm not going to not put myself in the squeeze because because it's uncomfortable and because I may then need to make sure that I'm doing the balanced thing to make sure that I can survive the squeeze, right? It's like when you're an entrepreneur and you have big things that you want to do and big is different for everyone. So big for me is not the same as big for you. I've talked about that before. You know that, like, I don't think that you should want to have the same goals as me. And whatever your goals are, whether it's to make a dollar or a million dollars or whether it's to work with five clients or a a bazillion clients or, like, whether it's to, you know, write a book or have a podcast or be a speaker on international stages or to go do a talk at your local coffee shop. Like there's no judgment. Everyone gets to decide what they want to do. And none of those things are going to be able to be done without some degree of pressure or stress created on the nervous system. And in an ideal scenario, you're not doing triage. You're not letting, you're not not caring for yourself until you get to the point of the squeeze or the burn or whatever, and then have to do massive recovery and triage. In an ideal world, you are practicing a fundamental level of self-care that you know what that is for you that allows you to be who you want to be, do what you want to do, and have the things that you want to have. So it's very important that we do not view all self-care as either A, a reward or an antidote for working hard, like that working hard is going to like make you physically and mentally and spiritually, you know, ill, and then you have to like literally like build yourself back again. You know, or we don't want to view it as something that requires you to take off from work. Although sometimes it is sometimes taking, you know, of course we need time off. Of course we need vacation. So nothing that I'm saying is to um, take away from the fact that there are certain types of self-care 
that are luxurious, that are going and getting a massage, taking a vacation, taking total time off from work, dis, you know, dis, um, disengaging from your from, from electronics or social, um, whatever those things are for you, right? I'm not I'm not saying that those are not op times that you really do need to make time for it because that's true, but it's still not that. I'm not thrilled with positioning everything as that work and self-care are, are, like I said, are oppositional or are the enemies. So what if we could be really clear with ourselves and our clients? Because I, you know, so I'm talking about this to you today, to you as the entrepreneur, as the passionate and prosperous, beautiful human who is, you know, who's having your business and your life. And I'm also talking to you as the coach, the wellness practitioner, the the professional, the person whose job it is to help other people um, have the self-care as well, right? So I'm talking to you as you and then you as what you do. And so the question I'm posing to you as both of those versions of you and me is, what if we could be really clear with ourselves and our clients about the fact that practicing self-care shows up in many ways that you might not even always think of as self-care, but they are things that make it possible for you to be who you want to be, do the things you want to do, and have the things you want to have. Because self-care is really multi-layered right? We have a physical self to care for, and we have a subtle self to care for. (laughs) So ultimate self-care is when a human being knows exactly how to care for their human body and their human mind and their soul so that he, she, or they can essentially show up for their life journey and and their experiences and experience those things in a way that they would like to and without causing their valuable human body and mind and nervous system harm or damage, right? One thing that we know that we all agree on is that stress is basically a very powerful force. Stress is neither good or bad. So go back and listen to the episode about about good and bad. Stress is neither good or bad. It just is. It what it means is some anything that puts added weight or force onto our nervous system, and stress can actually come from things that are positive to us. Like it could be, oh my god, I'm planning a wedding. This was me. <laughs> oh, I'm planning a wedding, and I have so much going on, and I have all these balls in the air. I'm juggling all these things, but it's really fun. But like, it's requiring a lot of my energy, and so my my adrenals are always on, and I'm like always kind of pumped, and I'm like really wired. Right? That's like a that's like a kind of stress that we that that we don't perceive as bad because we're like excited and good. But it's still stress. It's still something that's actually putting up weight and a powerful force. It's asking our nervous systems to work overtime. And then, of course, you know that there's that there's the stress that doesn't feel good. It's the stress when we're like really worried, anxious, rushing, um, you know, deadlines, we're torturing ourselves. And the other stress that I want you to know about is exercise. <laughs> I know exercise is good for us and it also cre- creates stress in our bodies which is why we have to do things like relaxation. Okay, so anyway, stress is really this powerful force that wreaks havoc 
on, wreaks havoc on our bodies and our minds. So essentially, self-care, this big umbrella word, self-care, all comes down to whatever any single individual needs to do in order to keep their physical body safe and healthy. And there's a lot of science to that, right? Uh, how to care for the physical body and whatever sh- you know they need to do to regulate their nervous system and nourish or feed their soul so that they can produce the kind of chemicals, right, that, that help us to to feel happy, content, peaceful, joy, right? Because those are the desired states. Like that's ultimately what we want. All those things that we want to do and all those things that we want to have, why do we want to do and have them? Well, we don't want to do and have them because they're going to make us, you know, miserable. We want to do and have them because we, we believe that they're going to help us to have the ultimate desire, which is to be happy, and content and to feel joyful and to be loved and give love and be in love, right? Those are the desired states. Nobody's desiring states of misery or states of self-doubt or states of anger or states of anything that you could think of that you would perceive as like, as, as, as not good. So everything that we do as human beings is to that end, And ultimately, ultimately, in like, you know, Eastern philosophy, you know, I'm like, I'm about to actually talk about something yoga. Um, But, you know, in Eastern philosophy, what is that end? Well, I just gave you all these words, happy, content, peaceful, joy. But ultimately, it's like to be transcendent of of like your human experience, really. It's to be able to get to a place where like where where you actually are experiencing the blissful nature of the true self. So the recipe for this magical self-care routine or what it's going to be made up of, the components, is always going to vary depending on an individual's circumstance because what self-care is really about is maintaining balance and equilibrium in an ever-changing external environment that is constantly going to be creating the feeling of conflict and obstacles for you. Because guess what? That's fucking life. That's why I always say to you, life is hard. But first of all, the name of of my book is Life is Hard, So What Are You Going to Do About It? And then I always end the show with Life is Hard. And there's always something you can do about it. Because the thing is, you guys, Life is hard. There's literally always going to be conflict and obstacles. That's it. Unless you were living completely by yourself in a cave or on the top of a mountain and you didn't have to interact with anyone, you didn't need money, you didn't need to talk to anyone, you didn't need to have relationships, you didn't need to have to, like, you literally were just completely self-sufficient in a bubble by yourself. That That would literally be the only way to remove conflict and obstacles. And then guess what your amazing human brain would do? It would just start to create its own conflicts and obstacles within yourself. Because <laughs> that's what our brains do, right? So everything that we need to do, right, in order to be, do, and have, right, is about caring for this self. And this self is made up of many layers, I'm not going to go really like into some long, deep yogic um, lesson, which you know I'm prone to do and love to do. But I'm just going to teach you one thing because I really love how the science of Ayurveda. So Ayurveda is the sister science to the philosophy of yoga, 
right? And Ayurveda is basically the science of the self. And the way that Ayurveda breaks down the self as it is that it, it says that we have five layers, that human beings are made up of five layers. And it, in Sanskrit, the word is koshas. So we're made up of five koshas. And the koshas, even though like they're not stacked inside of you like a Russian, you know, those Russian dolls. Did you ever have that when you um, were growing up? There were those wooden dolls that like uh, there was a large one on the outside and then you would screw it and open it. And then there was another one inside and then you screw it and open it. And then until you got to this like teeny tiny little Russian doll in the center. Um, when I learned about the koshas, I always envisioned it like that that was the koshas, that there were these like little beings inside of, of each layer. And when you see it, um, illustrated in like a textbook or whatever, that is how they have to illustrate it because there's no other way to sort of show the layers. And the layers do go from the most gross or physical to the most subtle. So I'm just going to tell you because I love, I love the way that Ayurveda outlines koshas because I think it tells us everything that we need to know about the layers of, of being human. So it goes from the physical to the, to the innermost self. So the outer layer is called the Anamaya Kosha, and that that is referencing that your physical self, your physical body, your all like your, your your muscles and your bones and your organs and your skin and your veins and your blood and your arteries and and your nerves and your spinal cord and your vertebrae and your brain. Right? I know I already said organs, but I'm getting really excited. Like everything that makes up your physical self. And then the next kosha, the next most subtle is what's called the pranamaya kosha. And that is pranamaya, prana, right, is the life force. And in yoga, the breathing practices are what we call pranayama. So in yoga philosophy, the idea is that that the life force comes into us through the breath, right? So the life force as it is existing and in its abundance in the universe, when you inhale, you're drawing the life force. I'm sure that's not weird to you because without breathing, you have no life force. That's the equivalent of being dead, right? That's literally the definition of being dead is not breathing. You can be breathing and ha- and, and not have brain activity, right? Um, which is we, you know, referred to as brain dead, but you're still considered alive if you're breathing. So, so breath is the determining factor of being alive, right? And the pranayama kosha, that breath life force sheath, is your energy sheath. You know, it's the sheath that has everything to do with like you having energy, with you being able to take in the energy of nature, connect with nature. It's kind of what makes you an energetic being. It's what so it makes you able to commune with things other than, you know, even like other than other humans. Okay, and then the next layer is the manamaya kosha, which is the mental kosha. It's the mind kosha, and that's the one that governs your thoughts and your emotions and your inner inner world, inner life. And then you have the vinyanamaya kosha, which is the wisdom kosha, and that's like your your awareness and your intuition. It's like it's like that part of you that you want to be tapped into that you can listen to. Right. And then finally, this most subtle kosha, the most subtle layer of your being is your Anandamaya kosha, which is translated as your bliss, your bliss body, your bliss layer. And that many, you know, teachers and scholars kind of because it's hard to figure out exactly what that is, but it's 
It's the true self. It's when you're really, really feeling connected to and in touch with the true self, which means that you're actually out of your thoughts. It's when, it's when you, when you stop thinking that you are your thoughts and when you start realizing that you are not your thoughts, you are just yourself. Super deep stuff, right? But anyway, here's the thing. That outlines the physical and subtle layers of who, of who you are, of every human being. And ideally, we need harmony between all of those layers of our being in order to operate at our highest, you know, operation. <laughs> so, so when a human being is out of balance in those five areas, right? So you might be really strong in the physical, but then you're like really weak and vulnerable in the, in the mental or, you know, or in that connecting to true self or whatever, there's an imbalance. And so, so in the, in a, ideal look at self-care, what we're really talking about is looking at every one of those, those layers of a human as being balanced and cared for. And when all of those, those layers, when all of those layers of the model are being cared for and are in harmony, right, we actually can can be who we want to be and do what we want to do and, and, and have what we want to have. And what ties it all together, the physical, the breath, the mental, the wisdom, and the inner self, the bliss, true self, is our nervous system, right? Our nervous system. Our nervous system is so fucking, like, complex. Our nervous system is, like, everything. It's what stores everything. It's your beliefs. It's your memories. It's your experiences. It's your intellectual outgoing thought. It's your problem solving. It's your learning. It's your reading. It's your, it's your processing, whatever. It's your language. It's, it's everything. It's everything. Your nervous system is everything. So basically we need our physical bodies. That's like your vehicle, right? Like your physical body is your vehicle. And when your physical body is not feeling the way you want it to feel, and there's a huge spectrum of that, right? But there's on one end of the spectrum, there's, there's literally like feeling extreme physical pain and discomfort. If you have a, a, a terrible illness or injury, Right. That's one end of the, of the spectrum of, of, of the physical discomfort. And then there's, uh, you know, everything in between to the other end of the physical spectrum, which is simply just not feeling good in your body, not feeling fit, not feeling comfortable, you know, sitting, not not, you know, just just not feeling good in your body feeling sluggish, feeling shitty because you don't eat well or whatever. Right. So our physical being is a major part of our experience in the world, right? So when we, and then there's our nervous systems and then there's like our little souls, right? Like the part of us that like, when we feed that part of ourselves and nourish that part of ourselves, we get to experience 
all of those wonderful things. The 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 and and it's related to your brain too. I mean, your brain is responsible also for pleasure and joy and whatever. But your soul is that part of you that's like the things that like really that you love, that you enjoy doing, right? That maybe is different than someone else. The things that make you uniquely like what do you want to pour into yourself? You know, what lights you up and and what makes you feel googly feelings and love and all of that, right? So we have these three parts of ourselves, essentially, our physical selves, our nervous systems, and our souls. And we we need to care for all three of them. And it's not something that we do as a treat. It's not like taking care of, you know, caring for our physical bodies, regulating our nurse, our nervous systems, and nourishing our souls is a treat, or something that we have to think that we need to not be doing work or anything else in order to do that. So even as coaches that are there to help other people, I really think that's something that we should try not to, to, to proliferate or put out there into the world is this idea that in order to care for our physical bodies, regulate our nervous systems and nourish our souls, we have to be able to do that in some sort of a, you know, like in outside of our regular lives or businesses. And I actually work with a lot of you and I know that like your whole, you know, message to your clients is no, this is integrated into your lifestyle. This is not hard. This is baby steps. This is habits. This is habit change. This is becoming who you want to be. So listen, I know that's your message. I know that that's your message, but I'm really talking also about this really weird message that I also hear that I shared with you, which is the, which is the message or the idea that working hard or investing a lot of time and energy into things and really like doing that, that somehow that is you not being a good self-care practitioner. I do think that it's very important that we don't, that we don't send that message because I don't think it's true for everyone. I think that it has to be true for someone on as an individual. And I don't think it's good to just make that a lump assumption that that's what it is for everyone, right? So if you want to be busy, hardworking, prolific, have major impact, create lots of stuff, you get to be that and you get to do it while also being someone who knows exactly how to care for your physical body, regulate your nervous system and nourish your soul. And you get to do all of that simultaneously. You get to treat your body and your mind in the way that you know that you want and need to in order to create the full, complete picture of well-being that for you might mean you having all of that amazing stuff in place so that you can be that major impact in the world. Right. And I know that you message that too. I know that you all tell everybody you got to put your life vest on first. I know that you tell your clients, you know, you have to care for yourself before you can care for other people. I know you do that. I know you do that. So I'm not talking really about that. I'm talking a little bit more like I've been saying about this kind of other message that is very often directed to entrepreneurs. And I'm concerned about it, (laughs) right? Because I don't want you to believe that message. I don't want you to believe the message that 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 you, if you want to be a person who truly practices self-care and has a work-life balance, that what that looks like is that you're not working hard. 
I don't want you to think that. I work hard. I know my coach works in a very similar way that I do. And other really successful entrepreneur friends of mine um, work the way I do. And um, and and I think that they all um, will say that they do what they need to do in order to be who they want to be, you know, like, and the self-care part is built in. And it's not that anybody's interested in being like a burnt out psycho. Like I'm not interested in that. And yet I also know that there are times that what my business is requiring because of what I've chosen to do, like um, three events in a row while also putting out this show, while also serving my clients. There are times when it may be a month or two or whatever where I'm like, holy shit, I am in it. And you know what? But I'm also fine because while I'm in it, I'm still doing the things. I banged the desk. You might hear that. I'm still doing the things that I know that I need to do to take care of myself. So what does all of this look like? What is what is self-care really come down to? Is self-care all the specific individual things like eating the right way. Oh, oh, you know what? I When I was getting ready for the episode, I just wanted to say something because like, I don't know. This isn't like my mission in, in, the, in the world, I don't think. Like, I don't think I'm going to like, you know, this isn't a big part of my message. But something that I think is really fascinating is, is, is the idea. Uh, and I know a lot of you are like diet um, like kind of anti-diet coaches. I work with, with, you know, all of the, um, self, uh, um, self-love body love coaches and, you know, empowerment coaches for, you know, for, um, for anti-diet culture and for total uh, intuitive eating and all that. I work with a lot of coaches like that. And one of the things that we talk about is, um, how important it is to, to get to a place where, where, uh, a client may be able to know that making choices about what we eat and how we put it in our body is not being on a diet. It's it's self-care when we know what we want to do and how we want to feel, right? So anyway, I don't know. Like, I just wanted to put that in there. I was like, I want to mention the thing about how, how, how sometimes like when we decide, oh, I don't eat that. (laughs) Like I don't eat that really like shitty thing. I don't put those chemicals in my body. I don't do this. That it's not being on a diet. It's self-care. All right. So anyway, to me, self-care boils down to two things. Prioritizing and choice, right? And it's what it boils down to for your clients as well. So we all need to know what we're prioritizing and what choices we have right? And so that's what made me go on my little side tangent just now about the eating, because of all the things that we have to look at when it comes to prioritizing and choice, now we're looking at all of the possibilities of what it looks like to care for our physical bodies, regulate our nervous systems, and nourish our souls. So if you make a list in each of those categories, what to you is self-care for the physical body? Well, I mean, my God, brushing your teeth is on there, isn't it? That's self-care. Washing, taking a shower, you know, like caring for your, literally your outermost body, your skin, (laughs) and then, you know, what you put in your body and how you exercise your muscles and your bones, um, how you, you know, 
care for your organs. These are all part of self-care for the physical body. It's not, you know, then we can add on the luxury things like, oh, bath. I mean, I don't think to me, baths are not luxury. They're my essential self-care. I take baths um, multiple times a week. Um, but, uh, you know, whatever, getting a massage, you know, all these things that maybe you don't do every day, I guess is my point, right? But there are all these things that go in the category of like physical self-care, you know, physical self-care. And then there's the regulating of the nervous system care. And that's all the things that you've heard me talk about from meditation to visualization to affirmation to how we manage our minds, all of the mind management stuff and how we literally, and this is like kind of the crossover between physical and um, energetic, how we relax the body, how we do kind of the kinds of practices that literally allow the muscles and the bones to completely release from being fired and having activity. That's really important for the, for the like restoration of, of, of your nervous system. Um, so all of the things that we do for the nervous system, and then all of the things that we do to nourish the soul that sometimes look like things that are just taking the time to do the things that you love, like reading a book, or for me, it's cooking. Like on, you know, on this past weekend, we had some friends over that that we hadn't seen in a while, and they're really into like food and wine and whatever. And my greatest joy was that from the moment I woke up until they got here, I was cooking and preparing and doing, and that nourishes my soul. That's self care for me. Right. So there's the physical things that we know that we each need to do. I know what kind of exercise I need to do. I know that I need to do yoga and do some strength training. I don't run. Right. Everybody does these different kinds of things for their physical well-being. I know what, you know, what, what, what things I I know that when I eat certain things, I'm going to feel a certain way. And therefore, I can either eat them or not. I, I know what I need to do. So this is all caring for the physical self, right? And then caring for the nervous system, then caring for the soul. Now, your clients may not know all of the things that are on the menu, right? You know the things on the menu because you're a coach. I know the things on the menu because I'm a coach or whatever you are. You're a wellness practitioner. You're someone who's devoted your whole life to figuring out well-being, right? A lot of you. Or, you know, or because of who you are, you've done a lot of that work for yourself. Like you've done the investigation and you take good care of yourselves, okay? So that's us. And then our clients don't always know all those things, right? That's why they need us. They don't know the menu, Okay, but the thing is, is that you can give them the menu, but what gets in the way of their using the menu, right, or which things from the menu are are right for them is going to be specific to the individual, right? So as a coach, you might be helping them figure out, like, you know, what's available and what's on the menu, But at the end of the day, what self-care really comes down to is what do we each prioritize and what choices are we going to make? What do we prioritize and what choices are we going to make? So every one of us as human beings needs to know what's available to us in the terms of the choices, the menu, right? Then we need to realize that we have choices, and then make them, 
And then we have to know how to prioritize what's most important to us. So when you have a really busy business in life, whatever makes your life and business busy, it could be because you just choose to work a lot. It could be because you've got 8,000 kids. It could be because you work full time. It could be because you take care of an aging parent. Everyone's different. Everyone has lots of different like little components to their lives. And very often we say that those components of our lives are the things that are our obstacles and that are getting in the way of our self-care. Self-care being all of those choices that we make about how we're going to care for our physical selves, our nervous systems, and our souls. So yes, our, our clients need us because they don't, they're definitely not even knowing what's on the menu. And then even if they do, they're not choosing them or prioritizing them. And that's what they need our help with. Knowing what's on the menu and then making the choice and then prioritizing the things that feel the most important to them. But that doesn't mean that they're not going to still do all the things that they need to do. They're not. They're still going to be someone's parent. They're still going to be someone's child. They're still going to be someone's partner. They're still going to be have a job. They're still going to have responsibilities. They're they're still going to have the life that they're going to have. So what we what what is not good, and you are too. And so what's not good for me or anyone else to make anyone think is that self-care is, is, means the absence of all of those things that make up your busy life. Self-care is the incredible alignment and execution of the optimal choices for you for how you want to care for your physical body, your nervous system, and your soul so that you can be who you want to be, do the things you want to do, and have the things that you want to have. And so the reason why I brought up niche earlier was because how one chooses those the, from the menu of those three things, the activities that they choose or need to choose, are going to be largely dictated by who they are in life and what their external circumstances are. So self-care for me, Stacey Brass Russell looks completely different than self-care for someone who's got kids. I don't have kids. I, I, that's not a factor in the choices that I make about how I care for myself. The choices that I make for myself are going to be totally different than someone who works a full-time job, you know, like has a nine-to-five while also trying to create a business. The choices that I make for myself are going to be totally different than, you know, I mean, you get it, right? Than, than, than anyone because we're all individual and unique. We all have different goals. We all, want to, we all have different reasons for being who we want to be, having what we want to have and doing what we want to do. I said that in a different order. So when I say prioritizing and choices are the number one factors in self-care, I'm going to wrap this up with telling you what that looks like for me. One of the ways that I prioritize self-care is how I manage my schedule and what boundaries I have around how much I will put on it, when I will put things on it, and how I prioritize making time for the things that nourish my soul and that help me to manage my mind and, and, and regulate my nervous system. And so what I mean by that is for me, I think my greatest self-care act is the fact that I make sure 
that we, and I count this for my husband and I, this is something that we decided together, um, never overschedule us. And, you know, one of the things that I suffer for it is people like kind of making snarky remarks. I might've said this on a show, like snarky remarks or comments about how, oh, I know you're so busy. I know, you know, I know you do everything really far in advance, but like, as if like, that's not how anyone else in the world operates and that I'm like, I'm clearly just so busy, but that's not it. I'm not so busy. I mean, I am, but the reason why I'm not available unless you want to plan with me like like six weeks or two months out is because I'll only make a certain amount of plans per week. If I have something three nights in a row, I have not practiced self-care and I suffer for it on the physical level, on the nervous system level and on the soul level. So I know how I need to manage my life in order to do the things I want to do, which is work the way I want to work, have the energy for my business and make money, and then also feel awesome, do the things that bring me great joy, and take care of myself. Now, again, I'm a coach. I've been a yoga teacher for 20 years. I've been studying Ayurveda, nutrition, wellness, physical movement. I mean, that's like my whole life. So do I know all the things? Yeah, I do. And I consistently invest in myself. In my physical self-care, I invest a tremendous amount. I have an ongoing like relationship with my functional nutritionist. I talk to her every other month. I'm always on a very strict regimen of supplements and whatever, where I'm always looking for balance. I'm always trying to figure out how to like go through life transitions, menopause right now, when I was going through all the fertility treatment. I invest a tremendous amount of time, energy, and money in my physical well-being. But I prioritize and make choices. When I don't have dessert at a restaurant, when they're like, would you like dessert? And I'm like, no, I would not. It's not because I don't want the dessert. It's because I'm prioritizing something else in that moment. I'm making that choice because because in the big picture of my self-care, that's the choice that I'm making in that moment so that I can make a different choice another time. So when we look at self-care, we must be looking at at how we prioritize and make choices. That's what it all boils down to because you know what you need to do in order to feel the way you want to feel so that you can be who you want to be and do what you want to do and have what you want to have. If you are here as a passionate and prosperous entrepreneur, if you're a coach, if you are you know, the kind of person who I know listens to this show because you tell me, here's what I'm going to tell you. You freaking know what you need to do. So if anyone is out there telling you that like that, that the equivalent of self-care is working less or not working hard or not ever feeling stressed or like you're, or like things are hard or, or whatever, that's bullshit. Ultimate self-care is knowing how to prioritize and how to make the choices that you want to make so that you can live the life that you want to live and do the things that you want to do. Even if what that looks like is that you are busy and that you're working a lot and that you're doing big things and that you're, you've got a lot of things going on at once and you're multi-passionate and you also are a great parent, daughter, son, spouse, partner, boyfriend, girlfriend, that you can be all of those things. You can be every one of the things that you are. This is all about priority and prioritizing and making choices. 
And it's about knowing what's on that menu for you. What's on the physical menu, what's on the nervous system menu, and what's on the soul menu. And it's going to be different for everyone. And I hope that for those of you who are the coaches and the people out there that help other people with this, with self-care, that something from today's episode went, you know, made a little ding or a light bulb for you about the idea that like maybe sometimes when you position self-care in your messaging, you're prospective clients are having an objection already because what they're hearing or perceiving is the idea that self-care is the opposite or in or in direct conflict with them being able to do all the things that they need and want to do because it's not and our job is to actually spread as much as we can in the world that being a that caring for your human self is what we're talking about that make that recognizing what it means to be a human being with a human body that is hurtable, that is fallible, that you need to care for and having a nervous system that needs to be cared for and having a soul that needs to be cared for, right? That that is ultimately what we're talking, what we're helping people to do. And and so if we want to position that as self-care, we better be positioning it as that self-care is just simply what it takes to be a fucking living human being who's like living out their purpose. That's what self-care is. It's just being a human being that's living with purpose. That's it. Self-care. It's not any of these little special different things. It's like, it's what is the sum of that for you? And what is the sum of that for our clients? And that's the message I want to spread. And so I'm spreading it. <laughs> I'm using the show to spread it. And, and, I'm, and I'm, just, I'm just hoping that like you can take this away, first of all, for yourself, for yourself, because because if you want to do big things, if you want to make money, and I know a lot of you do, I know that some of you are not so into the money part, but I know a lot of you are. I know you are. I know you want to make money in your business. I know you want six-figure businesses and beyond. I know that. And here's what I'm here to tell you. You can do that while practicing self-care, but not if you're making them oppositional, not if you're putting them in conflict with each other. You got to see it as fully integrated. All right. That's what I came to tell you today. Um, I want to remind you that, is that all I want to say? Yeah, it's all I want to say. I think I kind of really hit it home. I mean, I hope I shared with you like enough ways for you to sort of look at this for yourself. Um, I think I did. Yeah. Okay. So I'm going to leave you with reminder about about November. And I'm just going to tell you, we have, I, we, (laughs) the collective we have some really great stuff coming up, even just starting in September. So, um, things to be together. What I mean, like not live, but on, on the zoomy zoom, we can be together as a community and I can teach you stuff and I can help you with things and I can answer questions and all of that. So that's all coming up in September. I'm just taking a little break from the zoom for a little while. Um, and that is what I am telling you. I love you. Uh, as always, reach out to me, make requests. I'll talk about, and if I can talk about something that you want me to talk about, I will. I make a lot of episodes based on things like that. And with that, I'm going to sign off and get out of your ears and I will 
talk to you next week. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to Passionate and Prosperous with me, Stacey Brass Russell. If you like what you're listening to, please make sure you're following or subscribing. And if you're on Apple, that's the little plus sign on the top right so that you get notified when new episodes drop every Wednesday. As always, I'm sending you love and high vibes. And remember, life is hard and there's always something you can do about it. <laughs>